Hi, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time to get stuff in the ring with the greatest tag team in podcast history. Just Freaking Wrestling. The JFW Podcast, hosted by Travesty. I'm Dizzle J. And as we are recording, we uh, we are looking at the last day of 2017. Yeah, I mean, 2018 is less than 12, almost less than 12 hours away. Yep, yep. We're, uh, and it's super exciting because, like, you know, that just means we are three, maybe three and a half, yeah, well, technically, I guess, four weeks away from the Royal Rumble. Yes. The 20, January 28th. So, yeah, I guess four weeks. Um. I'm really excited because that is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. That, uh, we were just talking about this. It is mm-hmm. totally my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Um, thinking about taking it off work, possibly catching it. And... If you if you were to take a day off work, this pay-per-view would be the one to do it. Because not only is it the Royal Rumble, we know what the Royal Rumble brings. It's that 30-man uh, uh, over-the-top rope uh, Royal Rumble. Right. But also the Women's Royal Rumble that is coming out this First year as well. First ever Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, and now I, I know we talked about it a little bit. Uh, we talked about it last week um, about how, like who we think we would have in there and everything. And we're definitely still going to do that. We're going to do that close to the Royal Rumble time. But I also heard rumor that there may only be twenty. Really? Yeah. Well, that would make sense because I don't. What, I don't think the I don't think the roster is that deep for the women's division. At least with if you just go by SmackDown and Raw rosters. Yeah, when you yeah when you look at the main roster, it's, I mean, there's no doubt that there are a significant amount um, of ma- uh, more male competitors than there are females. Right. I mean, it's it is obviously that, but if they did the thirty, I mean, they could easily fill that that roster up. They would just it would just be more of NXT legends returning, and possibly some of the women could come back from the May Young tournament. I mean, they they could definitely get thirty women to fill fill up the whole ring. I'm yeah. sure of it. Whether it be legends or, like you said, NXT or May Young people or God only knows mm-hmm. the pool of talent that they have out there. Really, absolutely. And you know, maybe you know if when we get it confirmed and everything, it'll give us a better idea of who will be in and everything. I'm hoping they do thirty. Um, but I mean, we'll just see, like maybe, maybe the only reason they're doing 20 is because maybe of a time crunch or anything. Cause I you look at doing two Royal Rumbles within the time frame, and I don't see them making this a four hour long, uh, pay-per-view like, you know, they do a WrestleMania. I think I'll probably still stick to the three hour time limit. Yeah. And now are they going to do the Royal Rumble matches back to back? I wonder, are they going to put one at the beginning and have the men's at the end? I don't see them putting the women's at the end this year. If I if I had to guess it, um, they would do because we're because when you look at the Royal Rumble, you you have the the final round of the uh, U.S. title match. Right. You have the triple threat match for the Universal title. Right. Then you got the two Royal Rumbles. Now I don't know any other matches that are going to be in there. Um, so I'm going to assume that they will do the U.S. Championship match, then they'll do the Women's Royal Rumble match. Then they'll do the Universal Championship match, and then they'll do the uh, actual Royal Rumble, uh, Men's Royal Rumble uh, match at the end. I, that would make sense to me, I guess. It, it seems like the most logical uh, um, order that they would do it in. But at the same time, like, I don't know what other matches are going to be. And I think from history shows that the title match always happens before the uh, before the Royal Rumble yeah. itself. Because when you look at last year with Roman Reigns... Um, Taking uh take uh, having the title match he did last year after he lost he went right into the Royal Rumble. I, I think that's happened quite a few times mm-hmm. 
in the past. I can't remember at the moment, but I'm sure it's happened. And I know that there's been plenty of times where people have lost matches before the Royal Rumble and then end up being in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we'll definitely see the order uh, as it comes, you know, close to time. Like I said, we are still three, four weeks away from right. it. Um, again, you know, with 2018 coming around the corner, that means uh, the Hall of Fame's coming up. So we're definitely going to get those predictions in uh, fairly soon before they start announcing people. But another thing that usually kind of happens um, is award ceremonies and awards yeah. given out to wrestlers, you know, where, whether it's, uh, you know, I think it was PWI. Where they do the, uh, you know, their rankings. The top 100. Um, yep. Once in a while, uh, WWE does the Slammy Awards. Yep. And even the Hall of Fame itself is an award amongst itself, you know. So, we figured, you know, if we're going to be a wrestling podcast, why not do what everyone else does and, you know, do an award show our own. Yeah, but our own freaking award show. Our own freaking award show. Absolutely. I kind of like the name of that. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, it take, doesn't take much. Okay? <laughs> just throwing words out just there. Just throwing words out there. Just put freaking in front of everything. We'll sell it. Yeah. So, so we uh, we we're gonna do some awards uh, this week, and they're not gonna be like you know we're handing out or shipping off you know actual you know statues or awards to people because one that's money, <laughs> and two I don't know where these people live. So it'd be a little weird if we did. It would be a lot weird. Yeah. Yeah, because I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be over there with them, you know, <laughs> knocking on guys' doors like, hey, buddy, yeah. happy new year. <laughs> so, so we're going to have our little award thing here. You know, we're, we got we got a couple different um, categories here. And it's not really like a, like we're going to name off four people and pick one. We already decided who we're going to oh, yeah, we get did. these awards to and everything. And in reality, like there was no voting and everything. So just so everyone knows. These names were chosen based on what we prefer, you yeah. know. So if you guys don't agree with them, don't give a shit because this isn't like a debate thing where, you know, this is this is just who we feel would get these awards if we had an award show. But we'll fucking debate with you. I'll debate, yeah. If you tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> like, you know, like, we, you know, what we'll argue. Yeah. I mean, one of I mean, one of the uh, awards we have here is a uh, male wrestler of the year. Right. So if you if you guys feel that our choice is wrong and you think John Cena's right, well, then you're an idiot because Mary. <laughs> Mental Mary, uh, Mental Mary doesn't get a say in shit. No, 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 no. But um, I, I'm going to let you pick which uh, which award do you want? Uh, let's uh... which one to start with. Well, let's, let's go with the biggest shock, probably. Probably Comeback Wrestler of the Year. Comeback Wrestler of the Year? Okay. So, uh, we um, it, it was kind of a no-brainer to give it to Jinder Mahal. Yeah, Jinder Mahal. It, well, Jinder Mahal started off as, I, I guess, a, a glorified jobber. Yeah. Made it into three-man band. Disappeared for a while. Came back and found himself on top of the world. Pretty much, yeah. And when you look, and when you look at, when you look at all guys from Three MB, and even like you gotta go a little bit back to like 2016, every guy who was in Three MB went on to win a title since then. Right. You know, Jinder Mahal won the world, the world title. You had uh, Drew McIntyre who left, went to Impact Wrestling, became champion there, came back to WWE into the NXT division. He was the NXT champ right. until he got injured and lost at the last Takeover. And then you got Heath Slater, maybe not champ, you know, heavy heavyweight champion. We did win the first ever SmackDown Tag Team Champions with, with Rhino. Rhino. Yeah. So, 
I mean, like three and B. I mean, like eventually, like you know, their hard work did pay off, and they they took their own journeys their own different way. But I think the biggest impact was uh, Jinder Mahal, who I never saw him as a guy who could potentially be a champion, especially after three and B and all that stuff. When he originally came in and he was part of like you know the whole Great Khali storyline right. thing, there I could see him being like a very strong mid Carter. But I never expected him to be, uh, you know, champion. And he, I mean, technically he has beat a who's who on the SmackDown roster throughout the year. Obviously with the help of the Singh brothers, but still, he's been the champion. I think he's done a pretty decent job of being a great heel champion. Yeah, and and as we always say on the show, a win's a win. A win's a win. So, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he surrounded himself with the right people, you know, with the Singh brothers, you know, being able to manipulate his matches. Right. Great Khali coming out in the Pujabi match. So, I mean, like, it it always seems like he has something. You know, he's, just, he's just an intelligent wrestler. Yeah. He's got a plan. He knows what he's going to do. Comes in, executes a plan, and still leaves with the championship mm-hmm. until recently. Until, yeah, until, obviously, AJ, right. you know, became AJ and took the title. Because he is the greatest. He is the greatest. He's uh, he's my favorite. Yeah. Not Mental Mary's favorite. But, Not Mental Mary's favorite. But, you know, Mental Mary, uh, yeah, she's Mental Mary for a reason, right? Right. So, <laughs> um, what about, uh, you know, let's, uh, while we look at um, welcome back moment. How about we do that? Welcome back moment? Yeah. Now, I know we discussed a lot of people who could potentially get this. Right. Whether it be Shelton Benjamin, Mickey James, or even the guy who we decided to win this, which is Kurt Angle. Right. Um, Kurt Angle was, I think we've both been waiting for him to come back. I thought he'd be more of a wrestling. Yeah, it was, it was, it it was inevitable for him to come back. I mean, even like there was talk about him coming back years ago, even when like Hulk Hogan was still part of like TNA. Right. Like his, there were rumors that he was leaving to come back here. And at that time, maybe more in his prime, right. he would be able to come back and everything. Nowadays, you know, after, you know, the years of, you know, living the life he did live, you know, with the pain pills and the drinking and everything, eventually it does take a toll on you. He was able to come back for, you know, a few matches. Wasn't, like, like deeply involved, but, you know, he, he was in the, the Survivor Series match right. on Team Raw. He was in the TLC match, you know, when he replaced Roman Reigns. Part of the Shield. As part of the Shield. Yep. So and you know he he didn't do bad you know he wasn't he wasn't the Kurt Angle we remember from you know early two thousands when well, he was no. still in the WWE or even when he was like at the beginning of TNA, but he he still shows that he was able to do it. Not only that he he, he was able to amend like you know whatever problems he had with WWE. He became a Hall of Famer, the GM of Raw, and he's still out there. You know, being kind of an impact of these storylines. I, I think it's great because he he does stay relevant, mm-hmm. and he totally like can pull off the GM thing. The only thing I the only thing I don't like the runner with right now is the whole Jason Jordan thing, and I'm hoping that leads to a match with Kurt Angle at some point. I for me, Jason Jordan isn't quite over yet, and I think Kurt Angle is probably the kind of. They're trying to use him to push him. Mm-hmm. There was a, I can't remember where I saw it. It had to be on Facebook. You know, a lot of those like right. wrestling articles come up. Um, there was rumor that Jason Jordan is supposed to be the next authority Seth Rollins. Really? I'm, I'm still not sold on Jordan. No. But 
angle to me. Anytime you can get angle in your organization, you're just you're just doing a great job. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and to go back to Jordan a little bit, like the only thing I don't like about him because you know he he has the look and the ability to be a great wrestler. It's just with the storyline he has right now with him like you know running and whining to his dad. It, it to me it kills his integrity. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It, definitely. I, I cannot. It's like the the spoiled rich kid. Exactly. You know, like he just assumes because daddy's in the power he is, he's able to hand him anything. Right. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, like, you know, Kurt Angle is able to, you know, separate that, you right. know, within the storyline and say, like, listen, you know, just because I'm your dad doesn't mean I can give you everything. And because, I mean, like, I mean, he, the three eyes intensity, integrity, and intelligence, right. he has all of it. And because of that, because he was able to come back and do such a great job in the WWE currently, outside the ring even, you know, I, that's why I think we uh, decided that he got the award for the uh, welcome back moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was definitely happy to see him back. Yeah. All right. Which way do we want to go? Well, it's your turn to pick. How about let's go worst booked. Worst booked. Um, Two people came to mind for us on right. this, which uh, was Dolph Ziggler and uh, Finn Balor. Right. Which uh, both are, you know, they're both logical. I mean, they're they're both the most like you know, yeah, that makes sense. Real for either one of them, right? But I think picking Finn Balor as a win uh, as the winner of this award is like, well, you almost have to go with Balor because he was the first Universal Champion, got injured the same night, mm-hmm. finished the match, got the belt taken away. And has never given another title shot. No, as of yet. No, the clo- and the closest he ever came is I know he was. Um, I, there was like a, either a four man, a five man, or a six man. I can't remember how many people were in a, in, um, in a match for a number one contendership, and he even lost that. Right. That was the closest he came to the Universal title since he gave it up after his injury. And ever since then, I mean, like you know, like yeah, they they put him with um, Bray Wyatt, who I do believe is probably. You know, one of these underutilized you know wrestlers as well, being that you know he won, you know the uh, the title, you know earlier in the year, and he just ended up losing it at WrestleMania against Randy Orton. Yeah, and he he had to give it up right away. Yeah, he had it for a month, and ever since then he just kind of just you know he's back in the mid card area. Yeah, it's surprising to me because Balor is not even in the IC picture nope. at all. Um, I don't need to be him being in a tag team. I really don't think he needs to be in a tag team. I like him just as Balor himself, or the Demon, whatever whatever the case may be. Finn Balor needs to be in that picture, and people love him. So I don't I don't get what WWE isn't seeing. No, it it makes no sense the way that they're booking him, and you know like, and the thing is like he's not he's not in main events. He's he's barely in like you know like the mid matches of the you know the ep- of Raw. You know, like lot. I mean, his last match he was in what a tag team match with a guy going to uh, to two hundred five live. What they tell me, or yeah, Tommy. If whatever. he was, if if Finn Balor did become a tag team and go for the tag team titles, who would you want his tag team partner to be? Oh man, hey, you put me on the spot. Uh, yeah, I, I already know who I'd pick. Well, who would you pick, Neville? Who Neville? That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. I don't. I don't know. You. I. I would have to have someone that could play off the demon part of Balor and regular Finn Balor. I think. I think Neville would do a great job. I think Balor. Neville would do a great job. Hmm. You know, it gives you. And it gives you that. It gives you that more of a high flying tag team 
rather than you know the kind of kind of like the rockers. Yeah, it, it gives you something. I mean, you got Sheamus and Cesaro who are powerhouses. You right. got Luke and Gallows, which is a blend of kind of like powerhouse and technical with the right. two. You know, this would give you different. These, I mean, these are two aerial guys who do have like a little bit of grappling to them, and you know, strike kicks and everything. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I'd have to agree with you. I, I think that would be the most. God, now I want to see it. Right? I mean, like, could you imagine, like, you know, like, for their finishes, you know, you have Finn go up for the coup de grace, and then right after that, Neville climbs in and does the uh, red, red arrow. arrow. Ooh. Right? I mean. That'd be one hurt motherfucker on that bottom. Speaking of Neville, um, we uh, we gave Neville the uh, Cruiserweight Award for being the best Cruiserweight of 2017, which is a complete no-brainer uh, to give it to him over anyone else. Um Enzo wasn't even a fucking thought in it. No, Enzo was not a thought. No. Neville just, once he got that title, he owned that title. And he just it put on great matches after great matches. Um, hopefully he doesn't go anywhere, but uh, hopefully if he goes somewhere else that, you know, more power to him and success. Yeah, I know. I know, right? I know he's still contracted. As it looks right now, they're not using him because he's not very happy with the way that they're booking him. But he said that he was, wants to come back full time. He has no problem, but he doesn't want to be on two hundred five live. He, he doesn't need to be on two hundred five. No, he, I think he wants to go to SmackDown. I he think should, that's what it was. He wasn't he an NXT champion? Um, I'm pretty sure he was an NXT champion. Well, you know, let me take a look. So yeah, so he was. Um, yeah, he was uh, NXT champion uh, for pretty much uh, 2014. I mean, like I said, you know the the whole the big guy needs to be the champion all the time is is out the window nowadays mm-hmm. because a guy like Neville, who is just basically a muscle, a mass of muscle, he looked like one big bicep. Yeah, yeah. He I he can stand toe to toe with these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Rey Mysterio back in the day proved that. Eddie Guerrero proved that. Daniel Bryan proved that. Even AJ Styles proves that. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the big guy. You know, there are guys who average between 5'4 and 6 feet, you know, who could easily become champion compared to the guys who are 6'4, 6'7, or whatever. It's, it's not all about power. Right. If you got speed, you got technical prowess, and you can just do certain things that nobody else can do. Yeah. Finn Balor is a smaller guy. He's taller, but he's he is slim. Yep. You know, some of the guys that are in 205 Live, yes, they need to be on 205 Live. Neville did not need to, does not need to be on 205 Live. Austin Aries did not need to be on 205 Live. Um, everybody else who's there right now can stay there. Yeah. I, I don't see anybody else that's there that's... Unless Enzo becomes somebody's mouthpiece. Yeah, if Enzo becomes a manager, then I, I see that... Um... I, I don't like him wrestling at all. I don't like his character at all. He bugs the fuck out of me. I just never been a big fan of Jersey Shore, and that's what he fucking reminds me of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, Austin Aries never should have been on 205 Live. Um, Neville could be definitely moved off of that. And what concerns me is, like, you know, with their whole talk of Ricochet coming over, um, moving him to 205 Live, and I don't want to see that because if he goes there, he's just going to get lost. Right. Just gonna you know to shove him into that. You're gonna see him on the WWE Network, maybe a couple of times on you know Monday Night Raw, but you know Ricochet or you know Prince Puma, however you you know know him, you know he'll benefit from being NXT for a while. But after you do that, then move him into Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think he'd benefit more on Raw, though. I think Raw needs more. I think Raw needs more of the quicker guys. Yeah. Well, Raw's got a lot of the powerhouses, I mm. believe. You know, evident from Survivor Series when you're fighting Braun Strowman. Yep. And your biggest guy has Randy Orton. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's... I, I think I think when they do because you I'm assuming they're going to do a shakeup after WrestleMania, you know they need to kind of like spread it more out. You know I would definitely want to keep Braun on Raw, but if this if this um, Shield reunion thing's not going to happen, which we see is clearly not, you know, with Roman Reigns being gone for months and finally come back, and now Dean's gone for at least right. nine months, you know. Move Seth Rollins to SmackDown. Or move Roman to SmackDown. Move one of your big guys over to SmackDown who can have different matches with wrestlers over there. Because I would love to see an AJ-Seth Rollins match. Oh, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, I know, right? Because I'm a, I'm a good fucking booker. <laughs> he needs to take notes. Um, <laughs> mentioning managers and everything, we were going to talk about having a manager's award. But if we did that, it would just go to Paul Heyman because he's like the only true manager. In yeah, there. I, I can't. I can't think of any other managers no. besides the one guy with the authors of pain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good manager too. But I mean, to to Paul Heyman, there's no contest. No. Um, but we'll move past that. Uh, Paul Heyman is a great manager, and I do believe they need to make more managers in it. But uh, it's your turn to pick. I thought I just picked. No, I picked Kuzma Neville. Oh, yeah. I segued. You did segue. And you segue nicely. I am a master of segues. Watch how I segue this next one. Yeah. No matter which one you pick. No matter which one I pick. Yeah, we'll see. Worst promo. Worst promo. Now, I literally just saw this promo right before we started recording. Yeah. Because when they did this promo, well, go ahead. You announce your, announce your winner. Uh, Alexa Bliss to Bailey that this is your life. Now, I saw this promo live, and I believe I commented to you about how I thought it was the worst thing ever at the time. We had just never gotten back to it. So when you watched it today, what did you think? Well, it, it's, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> but no, I remember when this damn, because it, it, it's rare that you, like, I mean, when we text and everything, we talk about matches, right. we talk about wrestling. But it's rare to get a, hey, you need to see this promo because it's fucked up. <laughs> and, it, and it was like, as soon as it happened, like, it seemed like it, like it got wiped from the internet. Like WWE did not put it on NX or on um, WWE Network. WWE uh, didn't put it on YouTube and everything. So, and I, for some reason, I didn't record Raw that night. So I never really saw it. I never researched it because all I kept hearing was, it's wiped from the internet. Yep. But yeah, yeah, you Google it's in YouTube. You know, it's definitely, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's like a car wreck. You, you <laughs> don't want to, but you can't turn away. It, but it's like exactly how you described it. It's so uncomfortable. It was, it was so uncomfortable, did not feel natural whatsoever. No. Um, a bliss who is usually on point with the stuff. I, I, I don't know what that was all about. But I mean, like I said, I don't ever text you, like, dude, you gotta yeah, fucking watch this terrible piece well, of shit. Well, see, and, that, and that's another thing, too. It's like, it, it, it sounded completely staged. There was no, like, realism to it no. whatsoever. Um, you know, the fact that the teacher said that, you know, Bailey's dad sat there in class for the whole time. Like no, no, no school is that real, right? So saying it is obviously fucking everything up, you know. With with her friend and like you know her boyfriend at the time and everything was, you know, like they ended up making out with each other because they liked each other. I mean, it it 
it was so fucked up the way they did it. It was so unreal, and it just lost its appeal. Now, when the Rock, when the Rock and uh, Mankind, you know, they had the Rocks. This is your life. I mean, it felt so natural because I mean, they they brought these people out who could potentially be, you know, his English teacher or his football right. coach. You know, they didn't go to the extremes to make it seem unrealistic. Right. And when she was sitting there. And she has a table full of these artifacts that she called it. It's like, how did you get Bailey's yearbooks and trophies? Right. It's like, I mean, like you literally had to break into her house or her parents would have to give you that stuff. And I doubt that any parent would hand over a kid's trophy. <laughs> For best sportsmanship. Yeah. It it was gross. I I I regret I don't I regret watching it. I can't even say I don't. <laughs> It, it was just, it was so... It's like I hate you a little bit for making me watch it. No, man, that's the thing. I mean, like, it's, it's wrestling, you know? Right. And it's a podcast, you know? I gotta, you know, I gotta suffer through, <laughs> you know? It's, you know, it's... But it is definitely the worst promo. Um, it's like you sit there and you're like, you're thinking like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just watch? Nice. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> speaking of holy shit... <laughs> You know, we we do got our holy shit moment. Segways, bro. Segways. Segways. Um, the holy shit moment of the year, you know, we, we had to give it to Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens Hell in a Cell match where Shane jumped off, which, you know, we saw him do in 2016 right. with The Undertaker. You know, you know, he, he went to the well twice pretty much, you know. And that's, and that's one thing. You know, obviously, you know, Shane McMahon jumped off to try to hit Kevin Owens and he missed. You know, and, and not only that, you know, that went to the heel turn that we see with Sami Zayn. Right. But, you know, people define insanity as doing the same thing, you know, over and over expecting different results. Right. And that's pretty much what this jump was. It was pure insanity. I think I think Shane was just overconfident mm-hmm. in what was going to happen. Obviously, nobody could have seen Sami Zayn pulling him out of the way. But, man, that had to hurt like a mug. Yeah. I mean... Well, Jesus, and it was a weird thing too. It's like so when you watch when you watch the WrestleMania one, it kind of looks like it was set up and slightly staged, right? Especially like when you watch when you watch the table how it collapsed, it collapsed. It didn't collapse really slow, but it collapsed slower than what you think a table would. Right. So you know there was something underneath it. The one with Kevin Owens that seems so like <laughs> Latin. That whole situation with Sammy pulling Kevin Owens off. I mean, it, all of this seems so, like, unplanned and, like, in the moment. Like, when Sammy put Kevin Owens over him to pin him and everything, that didn't seem like that was planned. It seemed it seemed like an in-the-moment kind of thing. I mean, I could, I could easily see where, you know, something was planned beforehand and, like, Shane just goes back there and he's like, hey, I got a better idea. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, nobody else was ready for yeah. it. Which WWE is known for doing shit like that. Uh, who was it that the fireworks went off of behind them and scared the shit out of them because they didn't know it was going to happen? I think it was Cole. And not Adam Cole. Uh, Michael, Michael Cole. Cole. I, when he was still just an like a, a behind-the-scenes announcer kind. Oh, yeah, you're going back. Yeah. You're going back, yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, they never tell me nothing. <laughs> but, yeah, man, and WWE's known to do that. They're, they're known... They're known to, even though it's the PG era, to push the boundaries and do the outside the norm. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I if I mean if that Hell in a Cell uh, moment, if somebody was telling me that they that wasn't supposed to happen, it was a last minute thing during the match, I'd believe one hundred percent because 
you know, it looked completely different. It felt completely different than what right. we saw at WrestleMania. I mean, it just it, it flowed nicely, mm-hmm. and it it did seem very organic. So it didn't, like you said, it didn't seem staged. It didn't seem anything like that. It felt like Zayn was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go save him because screw Shane. Yeah. All right. So best promo. I don't have the segues you got. So. I know. Actually, I, I thought of the segue we could have used, but um, but okay, we'll go with the other one instead. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I was, was going to talk about Sami Zayn's heel turn, and we kind of moved into the best heel turn of See, I, I, I thought I was going to spin that way, but... You didn't, though. I didn't. You didn't go with the segue. No. No. Anyways, yeah. No, uh, best promo. I mean, and that's fine. You know, go best promo of the uh, year. So, with the best promo, we, we kind of we narrowed it down to two. Yeah. But both of them including... The same person, which was John Cena, which we all know John Cena can cut a hell of a promo. Yeah, it for for the lack of what I feel is uh, in ring talent, yeah. which I mean he he is a good wrestler, but he's not a technical wrestler. No, you know he he has the big spots and you know the striking, some of the striking, and he's you know over his years he's worked on like creating new moves and different moves, but. When it comes to techno, he's not. But no. promos, he kicks ass. And oh yeah, I mean there were there were two big ones. You you know you decided you you had one you liked. I had one I liked. There was a third one where we mentioned with the Miz and Maurice and him and Nikki was also good. Um, I liked the AJ John Cena promo before uh, the Royal Rumble back in January, right. which was definitely a good one. Yeah, but I liked the Roman Reigns John Cena one. I forget which pay per view that was before. It's not important. It's not important. It's not important. But, yeah, I mean, and we agreed, and we came to an agreement that that one was the best because that one seemed more off the script. Right. I mean, you had, you had Cena just calling him a basically a cardboard cutout of himself. Mm-hmm. And Reigns got tongue-tied and didn't even speak for a good portion of it because Cena just blew him out of the water. Yeah. And with the Miz and the Maurice one, I had to give it to Miz on those. Instead of Cena, because I believe that Miz and Maurice did a way better job of going after Cena and Nikki than Cena and Nikki went after them. Their parodies of the Total Diva kind of uh, shows were probably one of the funniest things I've ever oh, seen yeah. the Miz do. I mean, the, the Miz is hilarious. I, I can't wait for him to come back because I always miss the Miz when, he's, when he leaves. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, and we keep talking about this, the past couple of years, he has just been on fire at WWE. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the Air Condo champion over on uh, SmackDown pretty much since the brand split. He was right. the top Air Condo champion. And then he moved over to Raw with the title and held it there up until he lost it to Roman Reigns, right. which big fucking surprise. Huh. Nobody loses to Roman. No. No, but I, I like him. He's, he's one of those guys that... He's great at being a heel. He's great at making you hate him, but you enjoy what he does. Right. Why you laugh? I, I think I said that right. I thought you were going to spit it again. Oh, I am the uh, master of segues. He is the master of segues. But no, I, no, I, I, I'm not going to go with that one. I'm going to bear with me here. So I'm, I'm right here with you. So you got the best promo, you know, with John Cena versus Roman Reigns and everything. Right. I mean, basically, you got the new guy versus you know the veteran. Right. Even though Roman isn't new, he's been around for a while, but he's the guy who's supposed to pretty much grab that torch. Right. You know, and 
and yeah, I mean, what they're doing with him now, it kind of seems like they, it kind of seems like they don't want to put him in the universal title run yet. So they kind of just trying something new and different with him, which, you know, we go back to the shield thing where it didn't quite work out because, you know, he had mono or meningitis, I can't remember what he had, but he was sick and that killed the shield thing for a while. Right. And I know they're trying to sit there and make them like this power group again. You know, where, you know, okay, now you got Roman Reigns, you know, as the Air Continental Champion. You have Dean and Seth, you know, to be the tag team champions and everything. But it's not, it didn't work out that way, you know. Unfortunately. Yeah. So when you sit there and you think about it, you know, like, shit, you know, like, here you do. You have the, you know, probably the greatest tag team, you know, running, you know, Raw. But, you know, they get injured and they can't do that anymore. Right. So now you have to look for a different tag team of 2017. Which we chose, and it was the Usos. <laughs> nice. I nice. nailed it. Fucking nailed that, man. This was almost a no-brainer for us when it came to the Usos. There were, there were two teams. There were two teams, and the, the crazy thing was is the two teams went at it all year long. And that was the Usos and the New Day. Yep. Um, if they don't get best match of the year for that Hell in a Cell, I, I don't... Then there shouldn't be a best match of the year. No, it... That was, um, I, I've never been a big fan of tag team out of cell matches, yeah. but that one changed my mind about it. Yeah. You know, like when you looked at like, uh, DX versus the big show and the McMahons, I mean, that kind of ruined it for me, well. <laughs> but, but what they did with that six, no, I'm sorry, not six man, but, um, it was the, two and two. yeah, two and two. Yeah. And I can't remember like what, who, who was in it? I don't, who, I don't remember who in a new day was, uh, wrestling. I, I just know that these guys and the New Day have put on several matches, and even them themselves, they got, you know, they called them down to the ring, and they just put it out there on how they were the top two tag teams in WWE. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't disagree. No, they, no one can disagree with that. I mean, it right right now in WWE, I think they're very lackluster on their uh, tag teams at the moment. A lot of it's like, you know, people being put together for better or worse. You know, right. when you look at Sheamus and Cesaro, it worked, but they were just two random guys. Right. When you look at Mojo Riley and Zack Ryder, they're just two random guys, and obviously that didn't work because Mojo, you know, turned on him. So I don't oh, know. Mojo, what, I said, I, I was gone for the whole turn. That's right. So yeah, so Mojo, yes, yeah, so Mojo turned on Zack because they kept losing. Um, you got the Ascension who's not doing anything. You got right. Fandango, Fandango, and uh, Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Rizango who are together, but they're not even doing much any uh, with each other either. But now, you know, you got the Revival who came back. You know, and knock that. on wood, you know, I'm not going to knock on wood because I don't want to fuck up the recording, but, you know, that they become injury-free for a while to actually right. start moving forward. And I'm hoping they start doing stuff more with, like, Gallows and Anderson because if you pull these guys into your company from New Japan to just do what they're doing now, which is pretty much selling merchandise and fucking WDE.com promos, it's a joke. It's a joke to their wrestling ability. I mean, you've had, you have Gallows who is now, this is his third run in WWE. I, technically fourth, if you want to include him as being the imposter Kane back in like 2004, 2005. Oh, shit. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And then he was Festus. And then he was <laughs> Festus. Yeah. And then he was part of uh, the Straight Edge Society yep. when he was Gallows. You know? And now he's back again. And you're going to put him and just, you know, you're going to have him running around calling people nerds. 
Like he's that fucking drunk ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, that's how I understand. Like, how is nerd is the biggest uh, like thing you can call somebody at the moment? PG, bro. But nerd isn't even like a nerd anymore. Nerd right now is almost the top thing to be mm-hmm. because you know what used to be nerdy when I was in high school is just like all over the place now. Yeah, nerd, nerding. Well, f- nerd. Not so I've heard too much about, but geek. Yeah, has really like changed over the years, especially a lot with more of the Marvel and DC stuff coming right. out, and comic book conventions becoming more popular. I mean, to some people, geek is like a badge of honor to them. Right. I can honestly say, if someone calls me that, I, I, it doesn't offend me whatsoever, and not a whole lot of shit offends me really. No, but. I forgot what we were. Uh, we were talking about um, best tag team, best tag team with the Usos. But um, this is kind of a small little twist that we want to do because not only do we, you know, we want to, we're definitely, you know, what well, obviously what we're doing is honoring WWE, but you know, we want to do some mentions to NXT as well. And then for NXT, we have the Authors of Pain for the best tag team, the most dominant tag team in NXT. Oh, oh yeah, they, what what did we say? They held the titles for half, well, pretty most much all year. Yeah, like over, like they're like two hundred plus days, two hundred fifty, two hundred sixty plus days. I mean, these are two big ass dudes. That as soon as they hit uh, the E, they're going to dominate the tag team division. And I'm hoping they end up in Raw because I think it would boost them more. You know, to boost that division more on Raw. I think with the authors of pain too, that you realize that they didn't lose the titles in a normal match. Did nope. they lose that war games? They did not lose my war games. No, they did not. I thought they did. They did not. No. I don't fact check. I know. That's why we got Geo. <laughs> Geo, let us know when uh, Author of Pain lost. I know they lost to Sanity. Yeah. And I think it was at the uh, Takeover. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it might have been a Takeover for Survivor Series. Wasn't that War Games? That was War Games, but no, okay, then it wasn't at War Games. Because Sandy was the tag team champions at War Games, and that wasn't for the championship. Those six, those were all, those were, were technically 12 man uh, War Games. Hmm. Tell you what, how about I take a quick pause and uh, find out? All right, so we realized there was the uh, takeover from uh, SummerSlam. Right. So, um, so we, I mean, at least we're riding the takeover, but they did lose the Sanity. Right. But, I mean, even from then, so from February to August, they held the titles. I mean, it makes them the most dominant team in 2017. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're just scary as fuck, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wait, how are you going to segue from scary as fuck? I don't fuck? have no idea. You got to work on your segues, bro. I do got to work on my segues. Segues, I mean, segues are, I mean, they're. So, like, and. Of course, in any other year of WWE, we have heel turns, and we're going best heel turn was Tamako Shampa? See, and that was an NXT guy. That would have been the perfect segue because we were talking. Like, you know, speaking of NXT. Yeah. Yeah, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Uh, One half of DIY. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so I'm just going. DIY? No. Tommaso, I know, how to, I know how to spell. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. Um, so, uh, Tommaso, I'm, I'm 
pretty sure because I'm just like, yes, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa. I'm that's what I'm going with. Fuck it. Um, one half of DIY. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those tag teams where you have two indie guys who came together in NXT, and they made a great career. I mean, they were tag teams together for each uh, with each other for months. They held the titles for seventy days for losing off of the pain, which isn't surprising at all. Which would have been <laughs> yeah another great segue you could have used. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they end up losing it at uh, an NXT Takeover show, and at the end of the match, um. Yeah, Ciampa just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, Gargano, like, he, he got put on the shelf for a little bit from Tommaso's attack. And, I mean... So, so much for Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. Like, you know, and we when we watched the the after show, or the following show's promo, right. talking about why he did it. You know, and, I mean, the promo was good, too. I, I like both these guys. I think as single competitors, they'd be great for 205 Live. Which both of them were in the cruiserweight, yeah, and they faced uh, each other right. in the cruiserweight uh, tournament. Even as friends, you know, they put that aside to compete against each other in the tournament. It's just like it, it's it, it just shows that like you don't have to be on the big card in the big you know matches on the big shows to you know to be the best, right? You know, and and this is probably one of the only ones that I'm you know I'm you know. Willing for you guys to challenge it. You know, if you think that there's a better heel turn than this in 2017, I want to hear it because I want to tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> because there, I don't see another heel turn that is better than this one. I mean, this one came out of nowhere. I mean, even like when you said, like when we were talking about this, before we even talked about this one, we talked about how maybe Big Cass's heel turn was the biggest one. Right. But you said yourself, you saw it coming. Right. I saw that one coming. Yeah. But like even... When I was watching the video, you know, there at the at the thing there, and he was, you know, they're doing the little the bro thing, and then all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're gonna eat some fucking Titan Tron. Yep, boom, exactly. And that's the thing is like, I mean, it it came out of left field. It was so right. random. Um, Sami Zayn's heel turn, you know, when he pulled Kevin Owens off. Yeah, but I mean that. With with that, it was one of those like, you know, you still love him even though he's a heel. Right. This is people are pissed that he did this oh yeah the, the reaction of the crowd while this was going on was just mm-hmm. ridiculous i mean people were well some people were laughing but yeah but i mean overall it was a great it was a great heel turn if you guys ever get an opportunity look it up um and just and just watch just watch the emotion that is put into you know the whole you know basically the whole beat down i mean right. like you know, you you can kind of see, and that's what a great wrestler does. They, he was, they he was draw a little you reluctant. In. Yeah, like he almost felt like he was guilty doing it, but he knew that what he was doing was right for him. You know, so you give it time, you see where he's at. You know, eventually he will get moved up and everything. Maybe to two hundred five live, which I think would be the best place for him. You know, and he could be that next great, you know, WWE rookie. That's, I mean, that's very true. Yeah. So as we move into the rookie uh, awards of the year. Score, score. Uh, we did the same thing for this. We did the, we did WWE rookie, which is an NXT guy who moved up to WWE. Right. But we also did the NXT guy, which is a newcomer who came into NXT. Right. Um. So yeah, which one? Uh, which one you want to do? I'm not, either one, man. I, I'm excited for both. Okay. Um. We'll start with NXT. All right. So we had Alistair Black. 
Alistair Black is uh, is our um, NXT Rookie of the Year uh, yeah. award winner. Uh, I just like him because he has such a calm, creepy demeanor to him that's hard to turn away from. He he does, and he just sits there and just stares at you. Yeah, and that's the thing too is it's when he enters the ring, he just sits there Indian style. He is sitting on the ground as the bell rings. Right. You know, and then after he pins you, he's again sitting there Indian style. You know, legs crossed, just sitting there, and the moves he does is so. It, there's no emotion in it. He, I mean, he. And not only there's no emotion. But the hard he hits so hard, it's like that. It's almost that strong style from Japan. Oh, can you imagine against uh, Shinsuke? I I, I want to see it. Yeah, it, I mean his even his finisher is just a it's a kick to the head. But I mean <laughs> it's, it's like, a it's a hard kick to the fucking head. <laughs> it I mean the guy the guy has so much like you can't even call it personality, but. He has something about him that makes you want to. He has like, a presence. Yeah, pre- perfect. You just you have to buy into it, right? And I think, I, I think it if because I don't know if the fatal four way match happened yet, um, but I know they're building up to it. Uh, he beat Adam Cole in the singles match to get moved into it. The, I think this should be his opportunity to become NXT champion, and if it is, I think he will hold that title until he moves up to the E. It, it would make it would make a whole lot of sense for mm-hmm. him to. And moving up into WWE, we also saw after Raw Rumble, Samoa Joe moved up. Yeah, yeah, so proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah small yeah, clap. Yeah, I mean, you segued. Yeah. You segued, man. Segwayed. Holy shit. God. So, me and you both predicted that Joe was going to come out at the Royal Rumble. I thought I thought he was going to be one of those. And that's the thing, too, that I hated about the Royal Rumble was I think number 30 was Roman. Yeah. And everyone was pissed that it wasn't Samoa Joe. Right. Because everyone thought Joe was coming out. I thought Joe was coming out. Yeah. So, he didn't. He actually came out the following day. He attacked uh, Seth Rollins. Put Rollins on the shelf yep. for a minute. Yeah. And he, like, ever since then, he just, he made an impact. Oh, yeah. He's been in uh championship match with Brock. He's been in... Number one contender matches for the Universal. I mean, he, he's been right at the top. Mm-hmm. So he, he, not even the Intercontinental Championship, but the Universal Championship right off the bat. As the as the what was what were they calling the right hand of justice or something? Yeah, yeah. Basically, Triple H is Hitman. If you're going to be a Hitman for anybody, I guess Triple H is probably the guy you want to work for. It's it's the best alternative, yeah. You know, so, but yeah, he he did such a great job throughout the years. You know, it's, you can't not give it to him. No, I mean it's he's. I, I I liked him in TNA. I liked him when he was there. Um, early on, I, I was, it was it was weird for some of the things he was like group wise being part of the main event mafia. It was kind of goofy seeing him in a suit. Uh, when he started doing the tribal paint on his face and doing. I mean, I like the whole Joe's going to kill you chant. It's yeah. something different. And it's awesome. It kind of flowed over to right. uh, SmackDown. Or, I'm sorry, to WWE. But I just I just can't believe that he hasn't been champion yet. You, you got to look at another thing, too, though, is like not too many. We talked about this before. Not too many guys that come in WWE get to keep their indie name. So with Samoa Joe, he came. I mean, he already had the reputation behind him. He was a champion in TNA. Um, I don't remember too much of his Ring of Honor stuff. 
But he's a force to be reckoned with. Not only is he a big dude, but he is fast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably one of the fastest big men that been around. Yeah, it's him. Braun Strowman are faster than they should be for their oh, yeah. sizes. You know, I mean, Braun Strowman got around. I mean, he runs around those rings pretty fucking quick. <laughs> but he's he's built like a powerhouse. Right. Samoa Joe's a little bit of a bigger dude. Right. He doesn't have the physique like Braun Strowman has. He's a little bit bigger dude, but I mean. His athleticism is ridiculous for a guy his size. And he's got that kind of, I don't want to say uh, sumo wrestler kind of look to him, but it's about the closest thing I can. So if you've never seen Samoa Joe, I the best way I can explain is like a little bit smaller than a sumo wrestler, but a whole hell of a lot faster. Yeah. And I, I you know, even Rikishi back in the day was pretty quick on his feet, but I'm talking Joe was... He can probably hold his own with just about anybody in the cruiserweight division. Even he was the X division champion, and mm-hmm. in the X division, a lot of those guys—you're talking AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, um, low key guys like that—is who he kept up with. So it's not like his speed was always been there. Yeah, and even now as he's getting older, his speed is still there. I don't know how to segue into the next step. It'll be okay. Yeah. Um, we don't need a segue. We, we got we got two more. We, we got, got two, two more. Uh, yeah. Which are which? I mean, overall, they're the top. Right. Two, top two awards, uh, but the four the four awards, but two categories. Right. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. We're gonna do male wrestler of the year first. You know, I was thought I thought if we were gonna do that too. Yeah, we'll do male wrestlers of the year first. Uh, the the obvious ones AJ Styles. AJ Styles. I mean. Obviously, we cannot talk enough about how we like AJ Styles. Yeah. I remember him and his little crew cut back when the X Division started and made his way up to where he had his Ric Flair persona. Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, he comes back. He's got the long hair and made his way to the WWE. I, I marked out like a motherfucker when I realized what music it was at the Royal Rumble that year. I actually hit. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> slap in my chair. It, him coming to WWE was. I wish it happened sooner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad like he did his run in TNA and everything and built up to where he was, but I wish everything was like five years earlier. Yeah, because then we would have had him for at least a decade. Yeah. So because I mean, like there, I mean, there are talks where he's saying like he's probably going to do it for a couple more years and then retire and everything. He wants to be around, you know, for the more, like, teenage years of his kids and everything. Yeah. So we may only get, like, AJ for, like, possibly two more years. Maybe three if he pushes it. Or if Dodie offers him the money, which, if I was Dodie, I'd offer him the fucking money. Or a Legends <clears throat> contract where they can, Something, yeah. you know, just come back re- mm-hmm. randomly. Yeah. Um, AJ's, you know, AJ held down, uh, you know, SmackDown through the end of 2016. He had great matches in 2017 with John Cena. He had a great... Um, Street fight at WrestleMania with Shane McMahon. He was part of the um, Survivor Series pay per view when he took on Brock Lesnar, which you know he it looks like you know he could have taken the win. You know, it's just power. You know, defeated speed at that moment, but he he was part of so much. You know, and he's ending 2017 as champion, just like he started it up. Yeah, see, that's not. I mean, that's not. You, you go in the same way you came out. That's yep. not bad at all. That's right. And then you put on all these amazing matches. Um, 
speed like comebacks and then with NXT. So we got Drew McIntyre, who was one of those guys that we had, we had talked about before. Mm-hmm. The, the few that have left the WWE and come back to the WWE and become more successful than what they were when they left. Yeah, I mean that that the list of people who did that is very short. But Drew is on the top of that list. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, wrestlers come and go, but never never it's very rare for one to come back and become more successful. Right. You know, and Drew was a great uh, talent and a great prospect for WWE when he first came in and he had that run as the IC champion. Something happened. I don't know what it was. Backdoor politics. He fucked up somewhere and he pretty much lost his push and became a jobber. Uh, my, my, my whole thing is he's pro- he probably got too full of himself. Mm. Kind of like that Randy Orton deal when he first came around. Yeah. You know, well, I should be this. I should be this. I should be this. And they're probably like, you know what? Nah. Yeah. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, knock him down a peg and shit. Right. But, you know, he, he did. He went out. He went to TNA. Grew up a little. Became mm-hmm. champion there. He was there. Uh, Drew Galloway. Right. And he came back to NXT. Came back as this Drew uh, McIntyre. You know, ran an undefeated streak uh, for so long and then eventually became champion. And then lost it to Ciampa or something like that? Yeah, I know his nickname CN. I know that. I don't know, like, know his like name name. But, yeah, he had a great match with him. Unfortunately, getting injured and being out for a while and losing the title. But he had a great run. Uh, can't wait for him to come back. And I'm assuming when he does come back, he'll come back to the main roster. I don't know how long he's going to be out. But it shouldn't be as long as, you know, Cass has been out, which is still out, or even Roman Reigns for the nine months he's expected to be out. Um, what did I say? Roman Reigns. Yeah, he should be out. He should just go. He should just go. He should just go. But yeah, Dean Ambrose. And but and that's what's weird. I mean, it's not weird, but, you know, I, know, I say that a lot. You know what's weird, but it's not really. Anyways. So your catchphrase. <clears throat> yeah. Um... Everyone that's in the Shield, like all three of those guys, came from NXT, won championships, and were out for an X amount of time because of injury. Mm-hmm. Except for Roman Reigns. He was out because of drugs and mono. <laughs> but anyways. But none of them lose their push. They don't. No. They, they already established who they were. And it's very rare for anyone to do that. Yeah. Um, to close it out, the last uh, the last two awards we have, uh, the last category we have, is Female of the Year. And I think it's only uh, right that we make this the main award for the episode because of everything that's going on in uh, women's wrestling uh, this year. 2017 has actually been like the year of the women wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, from you know the independent shows that we've seen now are just strictly women um, to the matches that they're pulling off, Money in the Bank, Hell in the Cells. Iron Man matches, cage matches. Mm-hmm. The the women are coming up, and if these guys aren't careful, the women are gonna have the WWE. Yep. But who who do you want to start? You want to start NXT or you want to start WWE? Let's start WWE because NXT is the one that uh, intrigues me more. Okay. Uh, WWE. Um, we 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 narrowed it down to either Charlotte or Alexa Bliss, and what it came down to was. Both women held both brands' championships. Right. The first woman to do it. But we gave it to the one who did it first, which is Alexa Bliss. Right. Um, she held the title for both titles, either one, a majority of the year. Like, I think like over 80% of 2017, she was a champion. And for being the small stature she is, she 
continues to win against Nia Jax or Tamina or Becky Lynch. Right. You know, I when she faced uh, Charlotte at uh, Survivor Series, I mean, she held her own until, you know, Charlotte got the victory. <laughs> Charlotte did win, right? Yeah, Charlotte yeah. won. Yeah. So, I mean, she holds her own against these bigger competitors, you know, and she, other than the Bailey, this is her, your life, <laughs> she's, She's been entertaining throughout the whole 2017. Oh yeah, she's she's definitely entertaining. She's basically kind of like the like the high school bitch. Yeah, how, the cheerleader is how, how I is how I picture her. You know, yeah. like she, she just rips on everybody, fuck everybody, and then it's like, oh, you know, hi Naya, I kind of need some help with this shit. Mm-hmm. Me and your buddies. Yeah, and plus, and what's also cool about her is like. See, there I go. I said that shit again. It's a weird cool. Ugh. When you watch, because uh, I watch Total Divas. I yeah. don't know if you do. Not but, really. Okay. But she's uh, she's on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can see what kind of real person she is, too. Um, so it's really, it's really nice to get, it's really nice to have Total Divas because you get to see the real person. Because as, as much as I hate to admit it and everything, K-Fab and WWE is dead. It it really is for the most part. Um, so you see Alexa Bliss now, where she's not she doesn't have to play a character bitch. She just portrays like she replay, she portrays it, but not in like a like an over the top kind of way. Right, it's like a natural kind of bitchy thing. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. So I um I like Alexa. Uh, I think she's fucking adorable too. She's probably like one of the hottest uh, women on the roster. Um. But I mean, even this year, you know, she she had great matches. I think the best match of the year, which I didn't see it, but I think because of what it was, was the Sasha Alexa Abu Dhabi match. Abu Dhabi match. I don't think I saw it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... We didn't see it because it was a live event in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> it wasn't an Abu Dhabi match, but it was, was a match like, in Abu Dhabi. I was like, what the hell's an Abu Dhabi <laughs> match? Well, we're gonna create it now. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like it was the first women's match in history in Abu Dhabi, and Alexa was part of it. Yeah, this is what we talked about last week. Out yeah, of, I mean, it, like I said, the year of the woman has been mm-hmm. 2017, and I don't see it losing steam at all because now you're you're bringing in girls like my daughter who love to watch yeah. the females, but don't care to watch the guys anymore. Love to watch the female wrestlers. You know, my girlfriend loves to watch female wrestlers and. Pick the wrong ones to win, but that—that's beyond the point. Oh God, who's her favorite uh, women wrestler? I, I don't even. Fucking don't Jillian know. Hall. Jillian Hall. <laughs> sure. Jillian Hall. I bet, I bet. Oh my God, I bet she loves Carmella, doesn't she? I think she does like Carmella. Yeah, yeah I, I like she. Carmella though. I. I don't like her ring outfit at the moment. No, her ring attire is fucking goofy, and the fact that she still has that money in the bank bugs me because there have been so many good opportunities to cash in. I wonder. I wonder what they're how she's gonna play that. But uh, uh, as we get sidetracked, as we yeah, always do, yeah, it's another day. So <laughs> I think when you talk NXT and you talk NXT Women's Division, you have to pick a top talent for 2017. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere besides Oscar. Yeah, undefeated throughout the entire year, women's champion for the entire year. She. She moved up to Raw, which I think was, um, they waited too long. I think she definitely had the ability to move up sooner. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But the domination that she did in NXT can never go unnoticed because, I mean, like, she tore through the entire women's division at NXT to a point there was no one left that they had to move her up to uh, WWE. And even in WWE for 2017, like, she achieved so much. She won the Raw uh, Women's Team in Survivor Series. The last one standing, she won that for them. You know, she took on Emma, which, I mean, yeah, Emma's not the... Well, she's not there anymore, but at the time, she wasn't the top person. But we all know Emma's a good wrestler. Right. You know, she she competed against veterans. She competed against the new girls. I mean, she fights everyone without backing down. And like she says, nobody is ready for Asuka. And you know, I, I tried to explain to Mary at one point in time. I was like, look, you got to watch Asuka. She's like, I don't get it. Then she actually saw a match where mm-hmm. it was, you know, just Asuka one-on-one. And it was, I, it was not Emma, it was somebody else. And she's like, she texts me and she's like, okay, I see what you mean now. I was like, Asuka's just a bad bitch, dude. Yeah. She's like, well, she can barely speak. She don't need to speak. No, Brock Lesnar barely talks. Right. Right. No, when you're dominant, you don't need to say anything. No. I, I think that, that if, if your work in the ring can speak for itself, you don't have to say shit. Exactly. I mean, if I was really good in the ring, I wouldn't have to talk. Unfortunately, I'm not. So I would probably have to talk the entire time. Yeah. And I'm not too good at that half the time. No. No, but you're good. You're good for a Robin. Yeah, I'm good for a Robin. You're good for a Robin. I've, I've gotten better. I've gotten yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're great, man. I mean, <laughs> this is what, I mean, this is what podcasting does. It gives you the ability to work on your talking. Yeah. You're doing quite well at it. I mean, I got a good teacher. <laughs> so before uh, before we say our goodbyes and uh, we do our closeouts and we wish everyone a happy new year, we got to do for the last time in 2017 a, um, a Dizzle J match pick. I mean, so I've, you've seen the WWE ones. I've done New Japan and TNA. So I went out and I got the trios championship match to crown the trios champion in Lucha Underground. So this match actually came off after another match where Angelico, Ivelisse, and Son of Havoc fought a match previously, and then the guy came out and said, got to find another match against the crew. Now, there are so many spots in this match that you need to see for yourself. It, it's just amazing. And even when I told you about this match, you're like, oh, it, it had this one thing, right? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna mention it. No, no, that, I don't want. That, that's yeah. not good podcast. No, yeah, I don't want to mention any spots in this because I'll just give it away and I'm, ruin those spots. I'm, I'm not gonna give it away any of spots. I'm just saying you need to watch it. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch this. Yeah, and if you're not a if you're not a fan of Lucha Underground, if you've never seen Lucha Underground, it is on Netflix. You go back and look at it. Um, Ivelisse, if you guys don't know, Ivelisse is a woman wrestler. Right. Lucha Underground tolerates or allows men versus women in wrestling. Yeah, there is no women's division. It's just Lucha Underground. Yeah. So so when you go into it, you're going to see the crew, which is three guys versus two guys and a woman wrestler. Right. And, you know, the only thing I will tell you about this match is she does hold her own in it. And, and at the time, she's actually injured. Yeah. So for, for a good while, while they're trios champions, she's injured and she wrestles injured. Mm-hmm. Um, to to me, like I said, like I, when I was selling you on Lucha Underground, it it just kind of brought that kayfabe back, yeah. And it made you think that these guys are from wherever and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just fun to watch something not new but new. Yeah, no, and and 
Lucha Underground, it gives it gives people opportunities to, um, I guess, relive. Like, when you have, um, oh, what's that guy's name? Well, Conan was in it. Conan was in Rey it. Rey Mysterio was there. Yep. But uh, Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah. It gave Ezekiel Jackson an opportunity to create a whole new gimmick to be someone else. Right. But it also gives opportunities to people who are in, um, I think it's San Bernardino, that area. I could be wrong, though. But it's in California. It's based on California. It gives the guys in those areas more opportunities, too. Right. And, I mean, you, you have some veterans that have gone in there. Brain Mysterio came through. Uh, Chavo Guerrero. You have Stri- yeah, Striker and Vampiro as their announced team. So it has a healthy blend, and you got a lot of luchadors just from Mexico. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's, uh, you know, check it out. I think... Once it really gains ground, it's going to keep going. I love that. Yeah. So, no, no. Lucha Underground, I think the new season should start out shortly and everything. Right. So, yeah. Um, check out this uh, Check out this um, match. and uh, We'll post a link onto our show. It'll be there first thing uh, on the morning of January 1st. Yeah, it'll be there sometime tomorrow. So, yep. Just listen to the podcast. If you need to find the link, just go to our Facebook page. All you to do is search uh, JFW Podcast. You will find us. And the link will be in the uh, post. Uh, make sure you do follow us on Facebook. You follow us on Instagram. You follow us on Twitter. And, you know, just keep in touch with the show. You know someone who's a wrestling fan and they happen to own an iPhone. You can find us on iTunes if they own an Android. You can find us on Google Play. And we're also on Podbean. Uh, I think we're getting back into YouTube. I know there was, like, a little issue with YouTube for a little bit. We are getting back into that. And hopefully maybe in 2018 we could grow and start doing maybe some videos and uh YouTube. I know that was talked about. Say, I, I, we, had, we had discussed yeah. if we are going to do YouTube to do the videos for YouTube. and Well, yeah, and that's the overall goal, and yeah. I'm hoping that we achieve that. Uh, also, over in 2018, we actually kind of knuckle down and start working on the uh, audio calling um, podcast that we can do so we can kind of get some guests on here and kind of start talking to them, you know, indie wrestlers and stuff like that to kind of get, you know, get back to uh, the area of wrestling that uh, we're kind of missing our out. actual on. goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so make sure you guys do that. Make sure you guys have a wonderful, uh, safe uh, New Year's Eve. You know, enjoy with your friends. You know, go out and have some fun. Just be safe while doing it because, you know. Jail. Yeah, jail. <laughs> if you're in the Midwest, the weather's shit, so make sure you right. watch that. But you have a great New Year's and everything. And, uh, Dizzle J, you got anything else? Nope, it's time to ring the bell on this episode. Perfect. So for the last time in 2017, I am Travesty. I am Dizzle J. And thank you for listening to another episode of Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW Podcast. Peace.